0: Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. It's America's 242nd birthday. It is the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest Day. That's right. We're not at work. so
1: So It's a special morning edition of the Ben and Matt Sportscast.
0: Exactly. Uh, A lot's happened since we last talked. NBA free agency started and basically ended in the last week. (laughs) It
1: was pretty quick, yeah, for the (laughs) For the big names, at least. Uh, I mean, there's there's still some out there just like football, I guess. But, yeah, not, not a lot of lengthy drama. It, it was about a 24- to 48-hour cycle. And, and you know, everybody is, at least free agent wise settled where they're going to be. Now, trades can still happen, but free agents feels like the, the chess pieces are already in place.
0: So the first big move was Russell Westbrook threw an invitation-only party uh, to celebrate Paul George. And lo and behold, it turns out that Paul George had an announcement for everyone, which I think was a stunner, uh, yeah, yeah, that that he was ready to announce, as opposed to this being a recruiting party, right? Uh, and he's going back to Oklahoma City, which, you know, I guess this is why you trade for a guy with it a year is. on his deal, is it you it get is. a chance yeah. to convince him not yeah. to go to LA. I mean,
1: it's exactly what people laid out last year, which was, hey, they're taking a chance that that they can bring him in for a year and, and, you know, make him happy there. And, uh, the interesting thing is, I mean, I think if you had laid out the scenario that, you know, they would finish with the, you know, fourth or fifth best record on the West and get beat in the first round, I would have guessed, well, things didn't go that great there. He's going to take off, but, um, he didn't. And, and, you know, it's, that's, uh, that's good. Uh, I mean, I know there were people that you know were ringing the alarm bells about. Well, if everybody's just leaving their small cities and going to LA, and you know, it's just—I mean—which is you know an overreaction. But you know, it's good when a small market team can keep their guy. Um, I mean, that—that's always it's what the NBA wants. They want the big cities to be good, no doubt. But they want uh, those type of cities like Oklahoma City, San Antonio, Milwaukee. Uh, to be able to keep their guys, that's why the you know structure is in place, and so you know good for them that they were able to do it.
0: I think the biggest winner of the Paul George signing behind Paul George in Oklahoma City is San Antonio because it still gives them some leverage on Kawhi, given how everything else went or out. Right to be able to right. say, look, he said he wants to go to LA, but Paul George said he wanted to go to LA, and exactly the Thunder convinced exactly. him to stay. Now, obviously, none of these guys are as loyal as Giannis, who said uh, to Coward or, you know, Coward reported that Giannis said, uh, I'm I'm not going to L.A. I want to win the title in Milwaukee, which is great, you know, unless uh, he pulls a Kareem and then demands to be traded to L.A. Uh, I was
1: going to say, I think Kevin Durant made similar comments about Oklahoma City about five, six years ago. Yeah. And then he left for higher ground. So, I mean, hey, it's. I hope that's the case for the Bucks. Um, you know, and I think Giannis, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, is is he still on his rookie deal? Where does he stand? He has he signed a big extension at all or anything?
0: He's going. I think he got his big extension last year.
1: Did he? Okay. Okay.
0: Because um, a
1: lot of these guys, it seems like now what we see, the pattern we see, is kind of like what happened with Durant what happened with LeBron the first time around, they don't bolt for higher ground after their rookie deal. They take the extension. They take the good money from where they are. And then it's by the time they hit about, you know, their late twenties that they're in their seventh, eighth, ninth year, you know, that's when it seems like the incentive becomes more that, Hey, I got to, if I'm not winning, I got to find a place where I can win because the media pressure starts to intensify and it's, uh, why haven't you done anything? You know, why haven't you gotten out of the first round? Are you really that good? I mean, and that, I believe, is a big reason why Kevin Durant left, is because the the pressure to win a title became so much that he had to go somewhere where he could win a title. And he has.
0: Why have you only won three titles in your nine straight right. conference finals appearances? Right,
1: exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, it. it you know, we're so championship-obsessed, especially with basketball but really in all sports, but, but as far as basketball individual stars, we kind of hold them to that standard, and so it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, I, I, again, I, I certainly hope that he will stay in Milwaukee and that Anthony Davis will stay in New Orleans, and I mean, you know, it's good for the league to have a variety of teams and stars in different places, um, but it'll be interesting to see how that goes as, as the next few years pass.
0: But there are some stars who have found their way to new places, um, LeBron James signed a three plus one with the Lakers mm-hmm. and announced it via tweet from his agency <laughs> and left the country.
1: A one sentence press release, yeah, yeah, very, uh, very low key. Um, you know, he's gone from hour long TV special to you know SI article. Uh, to, yeah, a one-sentence tweet. So, you know, he's he's dialing it back every time he changes teams.
0: I liked your uh, text to me afterwards. The next time is he'll sign a contract <laughs> and then just stick his head out the window and tell whoever walks by to spread the word. Exactly.
1: Hey, let him know I'm uh, going this place. But maybe this is his last stop. I mean, certainly he's, in, he's going into year 16, uh, still going strong, but, uh, you know, we can't expect that to last forever. Um, you know, I, I always I kind of compare him naturally to Kobe and Garnett. And you look back at about, you know, 2010, 2011, they were still great. And then, by, you know, and that was their year 15, 16 time. And by year, you know, 18 or 19, they had become a shell of what they were. So, uh, you know, you do have to wonder if this is, you know, we're, we're probably in the final stages of LeBron being a peak player. He's probably got... Uh, three, four years max, to, to still be a top-notch player in the league. If he goes further than that, great, but that would be unprecedented.
0: Yeah. he. You know, it, what's interesting, though, to me, and I've heard this in a number of places, is he gave the Lakers the sort of assurance and security that he was never willing to give the Cavs on the second right. round. Right. You it, know, it, um, uh He's it's there telling. for three years. You don't have to they don't have to make a win now move.
1: No. And and I believe you're seeing that already in the moves they're making. They're signing uh, you know, Rondo and Lance Stevenson and, and you know, all these guys to one year deals. So they're keeping themselves very able to go spend next offseason. When I think I mean if you're if you're sitting, you know, in the Lakers front office, you're probably looking and you're probably thinking you know, regardless, Golden State's going to be really hard to beat this year. So do we go all in, spend all our money, dedicate all our resources to winning the 2019 title when we may not be able to do it anyway because we haven't meshed at all? Or do we put LeBron in place? We've signed some bets. We take a look at our young guys another year, let them grow, see who's a part of this and who maybe isn't. And then we're, we're able to go into next offseason when a ton of guys are available and we'll have the money to bring in another Max guy and maybe even, you know, do some cap gymnastics to bring in two guys of, you know, star caliber. I mean, I think it's a good plan, really.
0: I think that the guy who gets gone is Lonzo because I – LeVar Ball will not be able to help himself from saying something. No, uh, no that That will just upset LeBron and <laughs> then Lonzo will be – Exiled to Siberia. And
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean it'll it'll be interesting. You think he goes before this year starts?
0: Or No, I think but point. I think that at some point between now and the next offseason, yeah, there will be some sort of statement. Like and it could be something as simple as they make it to the playoffs, mm-hmm. they get bounced in the second round by Houston or something. Yeah. And then Lavar Ball says, you know, they, they focus too much on LeBron, and you know, Lonzo's the future. And then Lonzo is playing for I don't Portland. know, yeah, Sacramento, yeah, yeah, somebody like that, yeah.
1: No, I, you're you wouldn't be surprising at all. I mean, certainly the signing of Rondo tells me that they're not they're not planning on Lonzo Ball starting. Because you almost cannot have Rondo and Lonzo ball in the court at the same time. Neither one can shoot, to, you know, to save their lives. And so you put them. I mean, you know, with the way basketball is now, like you can you can get by with one player like that who's a creator. Rondo's great at it, but I don't know that you can get by with two point guards who can't shoot.
0: Yeah, and then they, uh, of course, they renounce Julius Randle. Yeah. Uh, who goes to New Orleans on a two-year deal, which was smart. And New Orleans decides basically in making that move that they are not going to bring back Boogie. Right. And Boogie signs a one-year mid-level exception deal with Golden State, who now has the ability probably in January or February to start – Five All Stars from last year's Western Conference yeah. team.
1: Yeah, and, and and you know we talked about it a little in text, and I'll, you know you kind of know where I said. I mean the, I just found the reaction to it kind of crazy. Um, I mean they were going to be the favorites this year, regardless, because they won the last two titles, because they have Durant, Curry, and Thompson. I don't believe this changes anything substantially. I don't believe this makes them all that much better. But I do believe it has the risk of either making them worse or just becoming inconsequential. And I would say that's probably more likely that I could see by the time they're in the playoffs that DeMarcus Cousins is playing about 10 minutes a game and spending most of the second halves on the bench because I don't know that he's really going to fit in with what they do.
0: The, The statement that to me made the most sense about this was something Zach Lowe said, which is, he's on the Swaggy P contract and they have the ability if they want to do something like this. Sure. Um, But they don't, they don't need him.
1: I mean, it's a low risk because of the money they gave him in the years. And, And if he becomes a distraction as he certainly could be, they can just let him go. I mean, they can just eat it and say, go away. We'll, we'll pay you the rest of the year, you know, guaranteed money. But, get away from us, uh, you know, and, and so it, it's, that would be an ending that wouldn't surprise me either.
0: On the flip side though, if they're struggling to do something in the playoffs, he, he is a guy, he's another guy who, if he's healthy, he can just bully his way to the basket and, sure. and stop the bleeding sure. and, you know.
1: I mean, if he, yeah, and that's the other thing that I think, I mean, yeah, his, his attitude is questionable always has been, um, but, but, The fact that he's going to be, you know, out the first half of the year, that means no training camp and not much practice time to acclimate. Because, you know, once the season gets started in the NBA, you don't have a lot of practice time. You play, you know, for three or four days out of the week. You don't practice every off day by any means. So you're not you're not acclimated. And you're I mean, he was never the guy in the best of shape. Um, And now he's coming off an Achilles injury. So you can probably expect that he's going to be a bit overweight. Just by the nature of that injury, you can't run, you can't, you know, you can't do things to keep yourself in great shape with that injury. And and now you've got to put him on a team that likes to run and gun, get up and down the floor. I just don't know about the fit. Again, is it a worthy risk for them? Yeah, absolutely. Based on the cost, you know, if he helps, he helps. And If he doesn't, they're still the favorites to win the title. But I'm not sure that this is like, you know, uh, the greatest fit and makes them like they're going to go 82-0, and 0, which is basically the way Twitter seemed to react to it.
0: You know, he could cause locker room problems. He could, he could. be, a, like you said, a distraction. And he could be a great fit. And they, either way, sure. that they, they don't change. I mean, their ceiling no. is winning the title, and their basement is probably being the two-seed in the West. So, Right, <laughs>
1: right, yeah, yeah. You know, so... Yeah, I don't, I don't find it – I mean, it, it was a ripple only for the fact that, you know, you thought, well, maybe he goes to the Lakers. Um, but, you know, if I'm the Lakers, I'm, I'm content right now to get better, start playing – you know, again, put your young guys this year into bigger game situations. They're going to be on national TV more. They should be in the playoffs, you know, playoff hunt in, and, and, you know, March and April. And now you get, to, you get to learn more about these guys because now they're going to play games of consequence. They're not just out there kind of going through the motions for, from January on. And so I, I kinda like the approach of they've made themselves more competitive, but they're not they're not saying we gotta win the title this year. Like take it take it slow. There's always a next season. Maybe you don't have twenty years to do it with LeBron, but you know, you you don't have to do it in one.
0: No, and and I think that they recognize by the moves they're making. You know, Kawhi's a free agent next year. Durant's right. a free agent again next year.
1: Yeah, Clay Thompson, mm-hmm. also you know an LA kid. Um, uh, you know, Kyrie um, Irving. I mean, that's probably unlikely given his rapport <laughs> with LeBron, but a free agent. Jimmy Butler, who apparently is unhappy in Minnesota with the teammates he's got. Um, and, you know, so yeah, there's there's a fair amount of big names that will be out there next off season free. And, and then you don't have to give up a big stockpile of your young guys. I mean, as much as from a Spurs fan perspective, I think, you know, well, let's, let's, you know, yeah, I'll make that deal and let's get three good young players. I mean, if I'm the Lakers, I'm a little bit hesitant because, really, is Kawhi Leonard the piece that's going to win them a title in 2019? I kind of doubt it. He's really good, but, you know, probably not. I mean, it makes them better, but does it make him a champion? I don't know. And so wouldn't you rather maybe just go get him in free agency and then you still have your young assets and your draft picks and things like that that could come in handy to get another guy? Something like that. I mean, like, do you have to be desperate to make this move right now? I don't think you do.
0: Well, and if you wait till next offseason, you can get Kawhi or you can look at a package of, you know, you still will have Lonzo and Ingram and you can say – Hey, New Orleans, you only got a year left with Anthony Davis. Right. Do you want these two guys? Because you're going to risk losing Davis for nothing. And you'll have these guys under control for six and five years. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's exactly it. So you can go get Kawhi Leonard or Butler or somebody like that if you want, you know, as a free agent. And then, yeah, use your young guys and your picks to trade for another guy. You know, Anthony Davis is a prime example. If he's available, and I don't know if he is, I mean, he said all the right things about wanting to stay in New Orleans and make it happen there. But again, uh, you know, Kevin Durant said those things. And, you know, we've heard that speech before, and then things change. Um, And, you know, New Orleans got some momentum this year, but, you know, Rondo was such a big part of what they did in the playoffs, he's gone. And the West is only getting better, and New Orleans is certainly a team you could see backsliding out of the playoffs next year. I mean, it's early, but it wouldn't shock me if, if you know, if you're going to replace, if you're going to put the Lakers in, you know, if you're going to put maybe the Nuggets in, that means a couple teams are coming out. New Orleans is a team that seems logical.
0: Yeah, and, and Davis may well be saying all the right things about wanting to stay, but if they miss the playoffs of this year mm-hmm. and you only have him for one more year, And, you know, next, you know, for all we know, Cousins could go play with Wall in D.C. next season. Right. Uh, And Calipari could be coaching in D.C. next season. (laughs) Yeah. You know, if you're New Orleans, you might just look around the landscape after missing the playoffs and say, Davis by himself isn't going to get us there. We've squandered a generational talent. Yeah. Let's just – start over, get as many yeah. young guys, you know, try to get a package with Kuzma, Ingram, and two first-round picks for Davis, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there's there's definitely logic to it, and, and uh, you know, def- I mean, that would be the, that would be a huge piece for the Lakers if they could acquire, uh, because he is, he's obviously younger than LeBron going, you know, into his prime rather than probably at the end of his prime um, you know and if they could get a, a Leonard or a Jimmy Butler or somebody like that obviously that's a younger guy too um, so yeah I mean there's, there's a lot of opportunity there certainly if they could go get Durant you, you do that in a heartbeat I mean if you can entice Durant after one more year and say come on down here you know let's have you play with LeBron I mean you just do it and you don't think twice about it but if you're not getting him um, you know but your second choices are Thompson, Leonard, Jimmy Butler that's, that's pretty good and those are all-stars. It's
0: going to be an interesting time for the NBA because all of the bad contracts signed in 2016, I think it was, Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, are going to be coming off the books starting now. The right. cap's going to go up again, although not the huge inflation that we saw that summer. In
1: 2016, exactly, yeah.
0: And... You know, teams obviously will spend. There's no doubt that oh, sure. they will They will max out the money that they have available. But there will be more talent and there will be more money on the market. And the league could shake up quite a bit. Obviously, there's talk that yeah. the Knicks are basically just holding their cap room for Durant.
1: And, for next year. and Tyree Irving. And, yeah, yeah. You know, they think they could get him maybe. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and maybe – Maybe the Knicks can finally make a splash. I mean, it. I don't know. I know for about what three or four hours earlier in the week there was rumor that James Dolan was getting ready to sell the Knicks. That was quashed uh, for the time being. Um, to me, that's the only way the Knicks will really turn things around is if they have new ownership, um, you know, to start with. But, but uh, yeah, there'll be there'll be a lot more teams with money next year than there were this year, and so that will. And then you know, you also factor in a lot more. Big names potentially available next year, depending on you know if they would sign contract extensions or anything before then. But uh, you know, a fair amount of guys that, that certainly could be available next offseason.
0: The thing about this free agency period that made me feel the saddest, I guess, was a story I heard about the Nuggets and how they desperately wanted to get in a room with LeBron because they really yeah. believed that. LeBron, Jokic, Harris, Murray, like that they could have something and that playing at altitude, once LeBron's body got adjusted, (laughs) they'd they'd just be able to run teams off the floor and they would dominate and that they had this thing. And it made me so sad because they never had a chance. No, they did not. You know? no. And their pitch is probably good. It's probably, (laughs) you know, other than location, better than the Lakers pitch for competitiveness. Oh, yeah. But I think
1: that's it. That's exactly it. I mean, I think, you know, it's funny because a year plus ago, everybody had talked themselves into LeBron's going to LA. It makes perfect sense. He can, he could, you know, be Magic's, you know, pupil. He can, you know, learn the ways of the business world, the entertainment world that he wants to get into after basketball. And then over the course of the year, we talked ourselves out of it. Oh, they're, you know, they're, they're not ready. He's going to go Philly. He's going to go here. He's going to stay in Cleveland. Blah 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 blah. In the end, I think what we thought, you know. 12, 13, 14 months ago, was exactly right. L.A. was where he wanted to be. It's, it's the perfect launching point for his post-basketball life. Probably, you know, his, his family wanted it, it seems like. You know, certainly good for his kids to play basketball in California. They're going to face higher-level competition. Uh, and they're both, you know, pretty good prospects, it seems. So I think this was this was more than just a basketball move for him. This was a life-choice and, and the Lakers fit well because I think he believes Magic Johnson can, can put together a team that can win.
0: And Magic now won't have to leave because he landed right. his big fish, which makes you wonder right. if he knew it was coming. Not that the Lakers would ever tamper <laughs> with a player.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He certainly might have. I mean, that was, uh, you know, I heard that suggested when he said that, like, well, he's very confident saying that. Does he already know he's got something in his pocket? And, you know, maybe so. Um, I mean, it doesn't seem like, I mean, from what we understand, and maybe there'll be more details. LeBron didn't really meet with anyone else. He had a, you know, he, he knew Cleveland. He didn't really need to meet with Cleveland. I mean, he, you know, he's been there, done that. Um, his agent had a meeting with Silly, but he didn't attend. And then he met with Magic. So it kind of seems like, you know, the decision was made prior to really being able to meet with anybody. And that probably, unless the Lakers really screwed it up, that's where he was going. Yeah. And and you know, feels like he and he and Magic are maybe uh, you know kindred spirits in the way they approach things. They look at at you know basketball. They look at you know life and you know business world and all that stuff. And and so I mean, it's it's a perfect fit in that way. Yeah. For somebody who wants to be an icon after basketball, Magic's a great role model. I mean, he's had a, he's had an incredible second role in, in you know. The, the entertainment and sports world after his career's over
0: meanwhile he gets to play for a head coach who was in his same draft class yeah well. how
1: about that it's crazy right I didn't even realize that until that night yeah yeah I mean that's, uh, that's crazy but if I was Luke Walton I wouldn't get too comfortable let's just say that
0: do you like the idea of Larry Bird as the head coach of the Lakers
1: <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that I don't know if I, I don't know if I can see that. Larry, from what I recall of Larry Bird's coaching career, he was very much a uh, you know controlling type of coach, and I don't think a controlling type of coach is going to fit that well with LeBron. Um, be interesting, you know. I I just I mean, boy, they're giving, and this is not an anti-U of A guy thing. I mean, I'm you know, but they're giving Luke Walton a whole lot of uh, personality to deal with. I mean LeBron is, is a you know, a great, great player, one of the greats, but certainly has not been easy to coach <laughs> over his career. Rondo and JaVale McGee. Rondo McGee, Stevenson, the, the ball family which he's you know still got around. I mean, uh you know, I don't know if I said this to you or someone, but you know, boy, you talk about a perfect fit for like a hard knocks esque type of show. The Lakers would be it. There is a lot of personality in that locker room.
0: I'm sure ESPN's already in talks to fill content on ESPN (laughs) 3.
1: Probably so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would be, uh, uh, you know, there'd be a lot of reason for people to follow, and they they will be a fun team to follow, regardless of how good they are. Uh, You know, just putting LeBron on a team makes them more relevant than they were before. But then you throw in all the other people that they've gotten, and people they already had, and Magic Johnson, and la and i mean yeah all the all the recipe is there for this to be a fitting season to watch
0: and and, and let's not forget about Jeannie bus because no she's a character in her own she is.
1: she is yeah yeah definitely you know and and uh i mean she she came in and she cleaned house about a year and a half ago and and said they were gonna you know turn this thing around and start getting marquee free agents and well I mean, to this point, she delivered on that. Now they have to deliver more than just signing a free agent. Um, You know, the the Lakers are not known for just getting big names and then not winning with them. They get big names and they win. Um, And so, you know, we'll see. Time will tell on that. But, yeah, I mean, she she said they were going to do it. And they got the best player in the game in, you know, less than a year and a half from when she took over.
0: Yeah. Maybe a good idea for her and not Jim to run the team.
1: Probably so. Yeah, probably should have been that way all along. Um, you know, old Dr. Bus didn't leave a great su- uh, succession plan. Um, uh, you know, and, and uh, yeah, that's a that's an interesting family. Uh, the more you read about them, the more you hear about them, the, the weirder it gets.
0: Yeah, no joke. Um, that covers my basketball talk. And obviously the hot dog eating contest hasn't started yet. So it, it's tough for me to speak on it. Although let's assume Joey Chestnut won. Probably, yeah. And uh, so. Toady, I think is his name. Something like that. Stoney. Got That's me. Stoney. That's his name. Okay. okay. Uh, I, I'll guess him if he's competing, which I don't know. I'll guess he finishes second. And okay. either X finishes third, but you wouldn't even know it because he's about a million spots behind. Uh,
1: okay. Well, you know more about this than me. I, I know the name Joey Chestnut, but after that, uh, you're you're just you could say any name you want. I would not know what you meant.
0: Well, I I care one moment a year. I got year, you. I got but you. But I care deeply for that ten minutes about what I got happens. you. I understand. Um, but let's talk about what's important, which is debating the Hall of Fame resumes of two 30-something-year-old baseball players. Yeah, Dustin uh, Pedroia is in his year 34 season. Joe Maurer, his age 35 season. Both one-time MVP, multi-time All-Stars. Uh, do either of them deserve it? Hall of Fame? I think both do. What do you think? I'm not sure, so I, I've pulled up both of their numbers. Pedroia has had so much success early yeah. that it, it kind of carries him the rest of the way. Now, admittedly, looking at this, I am stunned to discover that he hit 318 in 2016 and 293 last season.
1: Yeah. Um, I he's know he's always been a, a good average hitter. You know, never big power guy, but I mean, and I'm going to try to pull up his numbers too, but before I do, I mean, career average, I'm guessing right around or, or above 300.
0: 300, exactly.
1: Okay, <laughs> well, there you go. Couldn't hit that more on the, on the button. Um, you know, now as he goes along, if he continues to play, certainly had some injury troubles this year and, and last year, I think, you know, from what I recall, more so this yeah. year, though. Um, so you wonder if he's kind of at the end of his time. I mean, both both of them are probably approaching the end, um, which is why the conversation now becomes relevant because we're talking about you know guys who most of most of the resume is already in. There's there's not a lot that can change things. They could they could get better, but probably not going to get any worse.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, let's do Pedroia first, and then we'll talk about Mauer. Okay. So Pedroia is on. Two World Series teams, not the first one in 04, obviously, but right. but he's on two. He won the Rookie of the Year in 07. He was the MVP in 08. He's a four-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glove – oh, no, nope, excuse me, four-time Gold Glove winner at, at second okay. base, and he's got 1,800 career hits in a 13-year career. He's good. He's To me, he's fringy. Because second—I mean, he's good offense for a second baseman, but not yeah. great. And, you know, good defense. His career has tapered, clearly. Yeah. He's got the MVP. It he's has. got two World Series rings. And, and so that—
1: And that's—I mean, you know, let's let's not fool ourselves and, you know, let's, let's, you know, acknowledge the obvious here. Playing for the Red Sox, being a marquee player in a, for a marquee team is going to help his chances. If he had the exact same career all the way down to the, to the two World Series with, say, a team like the San Francisco Giants, he might not be as much of a, of a candidate. But playing for the Red Sox is going to help.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that you say because he – you know if he wasn't these things, would he be in? That's really Joe Maurer because Joe true. Maurer, true. MVP, uh, six-time All-Star – three-time Gold Glover at catcher. He was a catcher through his age 30 season in 2013. Right. At that point, he was, I think, the best hitting catcher ever. And well, and, and by the numbers, I believe he is. Um, I think
1: I read this, that he does have the highest batting average by a catcher in, in MLB history, obviously with a certain minimum number of at-bats. I don't know what that minimum number is. But I recall reading that not too long ago. So, yeah, I think the numbers back up that ceiling.
0: And he, I mean, he had monster years early in his career. He led the league in hitting three times from the catcher position, including hitting 365 in 2000. Yeah, he won
1: the MVP. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like he is, uh, you know, 15 years. I mean, I'm looking at his 15 years, over
0: 300 batting average. 2,000 plus hits. 2,000 plus hits. I mean,
1: you know, will he get to 3,000? Probably not. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, he hasn't, he's still been good. I mean, last year he hit 305 in 141 games. So it's not like it was a small sample. Um, You know, maybe he can continue to play for another two, three, four more years and get closer to 3,000 and make it a no-brainer. To me, I I think he is. um, I, I think we also factor in For both of these guys, that power hitting has become, I don't want to say less important, but less relevant when you talk Hall of Fame because of, you know, steroids. And we've talked about that many, many, many times and what we think about that. But, you know, the power numbers no longer get you in because people look at them with some sort of skepticism. And so, you know, the fact that neither one of these guys is a 500 homer guy or anywhere close, I don't know that that matters that much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know that—that that wasn't what they were built right. to be,
1: right? You know, I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's tough. I mean, neither one, I, you know, I guess the neither one is like a, oh yeah, you don't even talk about it. I mean, eh. and I'm trying to think of a current player who is probably fits that category. Uh, I mean, Albert Pujols, I suppose. You know, he's—I mean, barring a you know steroid allegation before he comes up, he's probably a lot. I mean, his career is, you know, it's just obvious. Neither one is that, but I would, I would lean toward both of them getting in eventually, maybe not first time around, which I think is, you know, kind of a stupid codicil, but people do it. But I think, uh, both of them have a pretty good chance.
0: Yeah. I, the first ballot thing is dumb. Because if is. enough guys in, feel in, that baseball, way, then the guy falls off the ballot altogether.
1: Right. Right. In baseball, I believe it is. Now, the only sport that I think it really makes sense is football because you can only put a certain number of guys in every year. Baseball doesn't have that limit. So, I mean, if you want to vote for, you know, 15 guys in baseball, you can. In football, you can only put five of the modern era guys in. So the kind of the notion of, hey, okay, certain guys are locks, They should just get in right away. And other guys maybe need to wait their turn. If it makes sense because of that limit. In baseball, I just think it's stupid.
0: Yeah. You know, let's be clear. The Baseball Hall of Fame has a lot of problems with how guys are selected. We've gone through this exegesis before, but...
1: and, And that's, I mean, and that, of course, is the obvious, you know, if I wanted to be, you know, that guy, I could say, well, no, Dustin Pedroia is not a Hall of Famer because Barry Bonds isn't, and therefore nobody should be a Hall of Famer because, you know, Barry Bonds is probably the best hitter of the last 30 years, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. So... You know, you could, you could go to an extreme um, knowing that these guys both have kind of reputations for being, you know, I mean, certainly Petroya being the scrappy under, you know, overachiever, I should say, um, now or maybe not so much. But, you know, playing his whole career in Minnesota, playing being a catcher, you know, they, they both kind of have that sort of sentiment that, you know, we're not necessarily holding them to an impossible standard here. We're saying, wow, they were really good given what they were. Whereas other guys, it's like, well, they should have been great, but they should have hit six hundred homers.
0: Yeah, I mean, Mauer's the local kid made good, and he, but he was the chosen one. He was a top pick. He he turned down the, I believe, scholarship to play Florida State football at quarterback. Yeah, going to
1: be the quarterback at Florida State. Yeah, yeah, always a a tremendous what if for me as a Florida State fan because he would have. He would have followed in the line of you know, Chris Winkie and those guys before him. And,
0: I mean, sure, and you have to wonder what the rest of Florida State's uh, history would have been had he been there, and what kind of success would he have had? Would he have tried to be a chief sport athlete? I definitely
1: athlete? do. Yeah, I definitely do. I mean, that is one of those over the years that every time I hear his name, I always think, you know, gosh, could he have been as good as he was supposed to be at Florida State? There's no way to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, not not getting him led to Chris Ricks playing early in his career, and you know, not many people nowadays probably remember Chris Ricks, but I'm pretty sure you do. It, it sure, because he had tenure. the
0: handicap pass that he wasn't supposed right, to. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a mixed
1: tenure, but not very good, and it was kind of the you know the beginning of the downfall of the Bobby Bowden years. I mean, after a you know unbelievable 15 year run through the mid 80s to about 2000. Uh, you know, at, when, once Chris Winkie left, and they won, they went to those three straight title games. After that, they really the, the peak was over, and it coincided with Maurer. Now, whether Maurer would have been able to keep that peak going, I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, it always is one of those what ifs for me as a fan.
0: I want to pivot and talk about another Florida State quarterback, Jameis Winston, got suspended three games by the NFL. And I yeah. don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about Damian Woody's reaction. Um, okay. Where he came out and said the Buccaneers should just cut him. Just yeah. He should be cut. Yeah. I, it's a noble idea. Right. And if he had kneeled during the national anthem, sure. <laughs> That was sarcastic. I mean, that was a sarcastic point. I understand. Obviously I don't I understand.
1: That, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess, you know, if you want to make that case, make that case. Um, you know, it's it's. Uh, – I'm not going to defend, you know, the action. But but I think the idea of, you know, just cutting a guy who, yeah, didn't have a great year last year. but But, you know, going into last year, he was, you know – a rising star in the league, and, you know, last year was a rough year for the whole team. Have things changed that much that you're ready to just give up on him? I kind of doubt it. And so far, that's the way they're following that thought as well, it seems like.
0: The idea would be you cut him for the act, not because of his skill level. And what's unfortunate, I guess, is... In the NFL do and that. in all sports, that, that's the conversation we have. Well, it's really sure. bad, but uh, you know, he won the Heisman and he was a right. Pro Bowl caliber talent. Like,
1: yeah, it was. I mean, you know, so we don't we don't do that in sports. I mean, that's just the way it is. Like it or not like it, uh, you know, you can choose what you want, but um, you know your your talent is always weighed in you know conjunction with your behavior problems or your locker room problems. We just talked about DeMarcus Cousins a little bit ago. And DeMarcus Cousins, given the attitude he's got and the problems he's caused over the years, if he wasn't good, he'd be out of the league. But he's really good. And so he's going to continue to get opportunities because he's, you know, 6'11", and he can score 25 points a game. And, you know, people will give him opportunities. Now, he hasn't been in legal trouble, but it's the same general attitude. You know, if he had the same attitude problems... And he was scoring eight points a game. He wouldn't have a contract anymore. And so it's the same type of stuff when you talk about off the field trouble. If if you know, listen. If Jameis plays this year and struggles the way he did last year, then they might move on from him after this year because they're going to say it's not worth the headache. But if he comes back this year and in 13 games that he's able to play, he plays really well and he's a you know Pro Bowler and they you know contend for the playoffs, they'll get over the fact that you know he was an off field distraction. No. Just how it works.
0: The knuckleheadedness get, scale gets forgiven sure. as long sure. as it is proportional to your talent.
1: Right. I mean, look at Adrian Peterson. You know, if Adrian Peterson got in trouble, you know, for the for the child abuse, in the next year they brought him back and he was great, everybody was like, "Yeah, we love him." But if Adrian Peterson had come back and you know played terribly that year, been like, uh, "Okay, get rid of this guy. He's too much of a problem." Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, there's countless examples of that. Ray Lewis is another great one, you know, yeah. given what happened with him.
0: Well, and if you play man, long enough, you just rehabilitate yourself.
1: You can. You yeah. can, and he certainly did, yeah. Um, you know, but, I mean, it's it's everywhere. If you are going to contribute to the team being better, or, you know, and the team thinks you're going to, they're going to keep you around. Um, and, and, you know, people have a problem with that, but in in a large way, I would say, are you surprised? I mean, like, this is, we, we discussed this a few weeks ago uh, about something else. I can't remember what it was. But that's what professional sports are. They're about winning, they're not about community building. They like to, you know, tout the little things they do in the community and the charity work and uh, all that's great. But in the end, for a professional sports franchise to be successful, they have to win. They could be the greatest thing going in the community and do all these events and all this great stuff. But if they don't get to the playoffs, and they don't win it doesn't matter.
0: Well, and that was the Mark Richt Georgia team knock or, or going back even further right. and more successful the Hurricanes in the prime of, you know, the U. Right. Whatever your off-field issue is, if you're if you are contributing on Saturday, you're you're here. We're not exactly. going to let you. Go.
1: Um, you know, Florida with Urban Meyer. God, how many guys have we heard since then, you know, then and, and since then that you know, we're in legal trouble. I mean, One in particular, obviously, with Aaron Hernandez, huge legal trouble, but, you know, a number of other guys. But, boy, they were really good. And now, again, if you want to take the holier than now approach to college sports, I don't agree with it. But, you know, you want to and say this should be about more than just winning. But pro sports are about winning. That's why they exist. We pay these guys a lot of money to perform well in their sport. We don't pay them a lot of money to be great citizens. We'd like to hope they are as well, but sometimes they are yeah. So I mean, like that's just the the business of it, and you know, if, if the Buccaneers thought Jameis Winston couldn't play anymore, they probably would cut him. We've seen that before in sports. You know, we're going to take a stand, get rid of this guy. Well, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, when a team takes a stand and gets rid of a guy for a legal problem or behavior problem, it's because that guy isn't playing well anymore, and they think they've gotten all that they can get out of him talent-wise.
0: Yeah it is there are exceptions that prove the rule but generally yes if you yeah you know if you can play you will right. find a home especially yeah. if whatever you're accused of doing was not caught on video
1: right and yeah that's true as well yeah and and you know there's a great example ray rice would ray rice have gotten another chance if the year before the you know the domestic violence stuff he had run for, you know, five and a half yards per carry and had, uh, you know, 1,400 yards and 10 touchdowns. Absolutely he would have. But the fact that his career had tailed and he'd had his worst season as a pro right before that and running backs in general tail off around that point of their career, that's the big reason why Ray Rice didn't get another job. Everybody could wrap themselves in the, we're really invested in, you know, protecting women. No, you're invested in not wasting money on some player who's not really that good and a distraction. That's where the balance comes in.
0: Well, and they were going to bring him back when it was just a three-game suspension right. before right. they, you know, before Goodell changed his mind and made exactly. it a full season
1: because of the video. Of course, yeah, yeah, as you pointed out, you know, but yeah, I mean, that's all these things, and you know, to get to where you, you know, you made the little comment there about kneeling for the anthem. I mean, let's let's call it like it is. We've said this before. If Colin Kaepernick was a Pro Bowl level quarterback, the last full season he started. He'd be playing somewhere. But the fact that he's probably a backup in the league, talent-wise, no one wants the distraction for somebody who doesn't prove worth the distraction.
0: Well, and it's if, it's the flip side, too. If if Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady yeah. or Drew Brees decided to kneel, that they're they playing. And, and you yeah. know what? If, if, <laughs> if, if, if Tom Brady kneeled and Kraft decided, no, we're not putting up with that. That's it. not what this organization is. You don't think that if Tom Brady wanted to play somewhere else someone oh, would yeah. hire him?
1: There'd be there'd be 20 teams, you know, on the phone within seconds saying, "Come play for us for a couple of years." So, yeah, yeah, I mean absolutely they would. So, you know, I mean, now again, is dealing for the anthem the same as uh, you know, sexual assault? No, it's not. But in in light of this conversation, what we're talking about is, you know, weighing the pros and the cons. And the, and what it comes down to is is your talent. Good enough to be worth the headache. And for Colin Kaepernick, if he was coming off the Super Bowl year, he would have gotten another team to sign him. You know, the 49ers wouldn't have let him go in the first place. But if they did, somebody else would have said, Yeah, come on in. We want you. But he hadn't played well for two years. And he's a major, you know, news story for an, another reason. Teams don't want that in their backup quarterback, they'll take it in their starter, they do not want it with their backup. And so that's where it comes down to.
0: Well, and you know, Mike Vick is a good example of that. The other right. one, Mike Vick, went to prison for something, right? And when he came out, at least one team decided he one has enough talent chance. to right. to still play. Yeah, it's worth it. You know, uh, and possibly
1: they, and they had to. They had to deal with that headache and the protests and the people upset and the editorials and all that because they felt his talent was worth it and it turned out to be. I mean, he had that one really good season there in Philly in 2011 or 2010 when they got to the playoffs, you know. um, And so it was. Well, and they win a Super Bowl, but you know, it it was worth the headache.
0: And I think the calculus now is also a little different because, look, back then there was ESPN in the 24-hour news cycle, but right. Now it, it's almost in hyperdrive. It's almost like we pack ninety-six oh, sure. hours of news cycle into twenty-four hours because, sure. you know, every little thing. You know, you talked about James Dolan briefly was going to sell the team for four hours. <laughs> well, if you were on Twitter at the right moment, that was what was happening. Is yeah, the Knicks and Rangers were up for sale?
1: The Knicks and Rangers are up for sale, and everything's going to be fixed with New York. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, it happens all the time. I mean uh, certainly, you know, when we talk about free agency at this time of year with the NBA, my God, I mean, every, you know, uh, you know, people ready to, you know, Oh, the Lakers are back. And then the Warriors get to Marcus cousins. Oh, Lakers aren't back. Uh, you know, Haha, Lakers like, you no, know, they, they still got LeBron. I think they're still happy. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're good, but, um, but you know, the, the instant reaction to everything and, and yeah, I mean, that's what it, that's what it comes down to. And, you know, not to get too deep into this, but, um, You know, the kid from Oregon State, I believe the Royals put that out as a trial balloon um, to see how people would react, and the reaction was not good. And you notice, they haven't signed him, and they probably won't.
0: No, that trial balloon got shot down, and I I was following a little on the story. You know, someone from the Kansas City radio, sports radio, (laughs) talked about how they thought it might be a good idea, because he could help the team, and and he's rehabilitated, and there was a column in the Kansas City Star just right. blasting the radio guy. for <laughs> Not even blasting the Royals. Blasting yeah. the radio guy for suggesting it. For suggesting, yeah. Yeah,
1: I, I really believe that was nothing more than, and, and if I want to be really cynical, that may have been a, a conglomerate of teams that said, hey, somebody put this out there. Let's, let's just put it out there. Let's float it out there. See if people react. See if we can kind of sneak it under. And it did not sneak under. And nothing's happened. And maybe something still will, but I kind of doubt it. I mean, it just it feels like that was one of those, like, throw it out there and see if people get all worked up. Well, people got all worked up.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, we don't have to get into the no, mechanics no, we, of all we, of it. But it, it, right. it was a but, trial uh, balloon that, if that's what it was, they, they got their answer. They're, they're yeah, not exactly. going to be able to exactly. quietly make this move.
1: Uh, yeah, and I believe teams have done that with Kaepernick over the last couple years. I mean, what was it, was it this was it this offseason or, or during last season or maybe multiple times when the Seahawks were going to work him out and then they didn't, and it, it felt like it was one of those just kind of throw it out there, see if, you know, maybe has the story died? Let's throw it out there. You know, we're going to work out Kaepernick. And then, oh, well, nope, the story hasn't died. Never mind. We're not going to.
0: Yeah. It, it's Part of it's the same as, you know, using the media – to negotiate deals with players. Oh, sure. When there's no tampering. Sure. Oh, so and so's interested. Oh, so, right. you know, this team might be interested. Um, you know, these guys get the inside scoop on trade talks and things, and in exchange, they float out these things on yeah. behalf of teams. Things
1: that, that teams are planting with them to try to give them leverage for someone else. I mean, I I think I've told you this before, and, and you know, but I, I knew this happened when I was with the Cardinals, when the Cardinals wanted to sign Jermaine Gresham. And he wanted more money than they were willing to give. They floated out a rumor that they were interested in getting Chris Cooley, who had been retired for two years. But nonetheless, it worked. Jermaine Gresham gave in and signed for the money that the Cardinals were willing to give. Had no interest in signing Chris Cooley. It was nothing more than a leverage play. And the media played their part in it.
0: Yeah. There's a reason why people do it. It's because it works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, so... I mean, now that's a small scale. I'm sure there are much grander scale examples of things like that. But that was one to me that when I, you know, when I heard it and then, you know, saw it as it progressed, I'm like, God, well, this, it it worked. This is why teams do it. And, And it's made me skeptical of, you know, media rumors ever since of, you know, well, they might be interested in this guy instead. Like, are they really or are they just trying to put the screws to whoever they are interested in?
0: Well, because usually when a team's interested, you hear about it when they sign the deal. Right. Or when a right, deal is imminent, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that
1: does tend to be the case now, you know, like the Kawhi Leonard stuff. I mean, I expect Kawhi Leonard to probably, if it follows recent pattern, he's going to get traded somewhere nobody's discussing. Because did anybody have Boston getting Kyrie Irving last year? when Kyrie Irving was Kawhi Leonard last year, 88 had traded, W wanted out, we're going to go this place, this place, this place. All of a sudden, he's traded to Boston. Like, what? Where did that come from? Uh, All the rumors were just nothing more than rumors.
0: Yeah. Effective at possibly increasing the price, but...
1: That's it, yeah. Yeah, and if they increased it, they didn't increase it enough, but that's neither here nor there. You know, that's a different discussion of whether the Cavs got ripped off in that trade. I think they probably did. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like, if history is any indicator, Kawhi Leonard's going to end up traded to, you know, Minnesota or something like that. Like, how did that happen? Where'd that come from?
0: Yeah, seriously. And that'd be great to put him with Tibbs and – (laughs)
1: <laughs> I was going to say, Kawhi Leonard with Minnesota would be kind of funny because, yeah, he'd go from playing nine games to playing 48 minutes a night for, you know, 80 games a year.
0: And he'd definitely be playing oh. if they were up or down 20 in the fourth.
1: <laughs> yeah, I yeah, hope that quad is ready. Because if you're going to Minnesota, you ain't sitting on the bench. Yeah, seriously. So, I don't really think he'll go to Minnesota, but, God, like that, you know, hey, if Minnesota's unhappy with Carl Towns, they want to – they want to shake things up, and they want to send Carl Anthony Towns to San Antonio. Let's make that deal happen. I like it.
0: So the takeaway for all of our listeners is report right sources. T wolves
1: to offer Towns for Leonard. Yeah,
0: uh, picks and other compensation. TV. Yeah,
1: yep, yep. yep. T wolves unhappy with Towns. May offer him a deal for Leonard.
0: That's uh. your headline. But until next time, have a happy 4th. Enjoy uh, whatever happened in the hot dog eating contest. And uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.